Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Big news of the day today in the world of sports. Columbus, Ohio. Looking for a new head basketball coach as they have departed um, I don't know if they gave him a plane ticket, a boat mm-hmm. ticket, a bus ticket, or whatever yeah, it is. You know what they uh, give him? They give him an anti-Valentine's Day gift. I know, right? But then again, mm-hmm. get a box of chocolates with $12 million in it. I'll take that. It's not too bad, right? He gets uh, let go, Chris Holtman does, uh, with three years, I think, left on his contract and $12 million and some change. But who will replace him as the head basketball coach? at Ohio State now becomes the big question to talk about all of this and maybe get some answers. We go to the hotline and bring in the outstanding OSU beat reporter at Bucknuts.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon. He is Steve Hellwagon. And Steve, JT and I have been pounding, uh, uh, you know, beating the drum, if you will, to get rid of Chris Holtman and not wait till the end of the year. And they finally do that today. Were you surprised they, that they did it in season and didn't wait till the end of the season when a lot of people thought they might? No, not necessarily. Um, I think uh, after they lost Indiana last week, uh, the way that they did, blowing an 18-point lead in the second half, second time this season that they've done that, also happened at Penn State. The way things were trending, uh, obviously going to be a second year in a row with a losing record in the Big Ten and uh, probably no NCAA berth. I mean, it would take a miracle just as it was going to take a miracle last year. Uh, for them to be able to pull that off. Uh, no, I think that uh, now is the time. You have a new athletic director coming in. There was no reason for uh, there to be any more lame duck anything. And uh, this allows them uh, to clear the deck. And through back channels, they can contact any coach they want in the country, contact their agent, and uh, begin the vetting process. And, uh, you know, you can't necessarily interview people or bring them onto your campus or any of that type stuff until uh, those coaches' seasons are over in March or, you know, whenever. But uh, certainly you can start the process, and that's what was discussed today. Gene Smith, the outgoing athletic director, uh, is retiring in June. Uh, he's the one who uh, made the move to fire Holtman, got the approval, apparently, of the university president, Ted Carter, to pay the $15 million buyout. That's what it's been reported as because uh, he has four years remaining on his contract of okay. $2.5 million each. And uh, so got the green light to do that. And Ross Bjork coming in from Texas A&M will start on March 1st in an advisory capacity uh, for that uh, three or four month period. And and I, without saying it in the release, I put in parenthesis there that he's going to head up the search. And uh, that's how it should be. This is going to be a guy that he's going to work with going forward. And uh, any number of names have surfaced today. But uh, yeah, it looks like... uh, Gene and uh, and President Carter decided that now was the time to, to cut, and uh, looks like Jake Diebler, the associate head coach, will be leading the team here down the stretch, the last six or so regular season games, Big Ten Conference Tournament, and uh, see how that ends up. And then, uh, obviously, as we said, they're going to hit the ground running, trying to find somebody and, and get this thing back on solid ground. Steve, well, it's still fresh in our minds. We're still thinking of the transfer portal as it reflects to the football program. 
if a coach gets fired, quits, or whatever during the season, what happens to a player in the transfer portal in basketball? Do they have to wait till the season's over? How does it work? No, I think anybody on the team now probably has 30 days uh, from now to put their name uh, into the portal, kind of their own special period that they could do that. Uh, most typically, players will wait until the last game is played, and then uh, that's when the, the portal time period opens for, for those players, for all players, really. And uh, what usually happens on these basketball teams is the day after the last game, you see anywhere from three to five guys on just about every team in the country put their name in the portal now. So, you know, it, it, that's probably what's going to happen here at Ohio State. Whatever the date of their last game, let's say it's the second or third game they play at the Big Ten Tournament in Minneapolis next month, then when that's done, you'll probably see a few names go into the portal at that point. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's any point for the players to put their name in the portal right now. Uh, you know, I'd say they're probably all going to ride this season out and see where it takes them and use the opportunity they have to, to market themselves the best way that they can. And whether they stay at Ohio State or move on to greener pastures, that's that's how it'll be. So uh, I know that uh, if you asked Ohio State fans, they would say they would definitely like to hang on to uh, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Felix Akpara. Those three sophomores have been generally pretty good, and uh, there's a thought that their best basketball is in front of them. But here's the rub. they got to surround those three guys with some people who can actually play because that's been the issue the last couple of years for uh, Chris Holtman. Just the, the roster, one through 13, just has not been up to Big Ten standards. Happy to have Steve Hellwagon with us talking OSU basketball today. Again, you can follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon as Chris Holtman is out. The search, uh, I believe, while they may wait, Till, uh you know, Bjork officially becomes the AD, Steve, I, I've got to believe they're putting together lists. So let's ask you if you and your staff there at Bucknuts has put together a list of, of guys you'd like to see the Buckeyes target to replace a Chris Holtman. Well, we were working ahead, Ken. We had a list already. <laughs> it was Jeff Goodman, uh, you know, who's a National College basketball uh, reporter, been doing it for a long time formerly with ESPN and, and a lot of different places. Uh, he came out, I think, first with it. Then I think uh, Jeff Norlander from our uh, or from our company, CBS Sports, came out, you know, and, and kind of corroborated it as well. So, uh, you know, as soon as that news came out, we posted our hot board. And some of the key names were Lamont Paris at South Carolina. He is from Findlay, Ohio and played at the College of Wooster. He's 49 years old, former assistant for Bo Ryan at Wisconsin when they went to the Final Four, and uh, doing a bang-up job at South Carolina. I think they're 21-3. and three. Uh, Michi Johnson, the former Buckeye, is there, and he leads that team in scoring. So potentially it could be a homecoming for Lamont Paris to Ohio, and believe it or not, Michi Johnson in his fifth year could come back and play Unreal. with the Buckeyes with you put him with Gale and, and uh, Thornton, I kind of like that look. So, you know, uh, if he's going to play at this level. so. But, you know, I'm, I say all this in jest. He's just one of a number of people. I think Sean Miller at Xavier, his second time down there, is a guy that some people would consider. Uh, Nate Oates at Alabama, kind of a pie-in-the-sky candidate. His name comes up for every job uh, that comes out there. Shaka Smart, who played at Kenyon College here in Ohio, and former coach at BCU in Texas, now at Marquette, they're number four in the country uh, right now this week. Uh, he's a guy that uh, potentially could be on the list. So 
Uh, and there's even some talk that Thad Mata, you know, out of the game for five years, former Ohio State coach, uh, rejuvenated, uh, got his health situation uh, where it needs to be, and he's done a bang-up job at Butler. So probably going to put them in the tournament this year. So uh, could that be a potential uh, dark horse candidate? Uh, I don't know. But, uh, again, Ross Bjork is going to sort through all this, and uh, he and his people will be contacting their people and uh, back-channeling it. And, you know, in a year when Indiana could cut ties with Mike Woodson and Michigan could say goodbye to Jawan Howard, Ohio State's getting the jump on the competition and, and kind of getting the – getting the early start on finding the next coach. What about Jay Wright, who retired from Villanova, is a broadcaster right now, only 62 years old. Uh, I sent a a tweet out earlier, Steve, back up the Brinks truck, convince him, come to the Big Ten, we're expanding, we'll give you whatever you need uh, salary-wise as well as NIL money. What what about taking a swing at at the two-time champion? I love it. Uh, Again, this is my overarching thought. Now, he's 62, but somebody in their 40s and 50s, no hint of NCAA problem, no off-the-court issues where there's a guy, uh, Chris Beard at Ole Miss, had that domestic uh, alleged event, you know, when he was the coach of Texas. You just wonder, is that the kind of baggage you really want to buy into? Again, with Sean Miller, NCAA allegations at Arizona, is that what you really want to buy into? Uh, I don't know, you know, if you're going to go that route or not. But Jay Wright would be a home run hire. There's no question Mm -hmm. about it. Great, great college basketball coach. And it was sad, you know, when he walked away. But I don't, I don't, the sense that I got was he wants nothing to do with this current climate of buying players and mm-hmm. okay. everything else that's kind of, you know, on the periphery of the sport right now. Uh, sounded like uh, this was uh, beyond what he wanted to get involved in. And now he's in broadcasting. So I guess we'd have to wait and see if he has any interest. And certainly if they offer five or six million. My thought is either Danny Hurley, the coach of UConn, who's in his prime and just won the national championship, or whoever the next Danny Hurley is. Identify that person and get him in here and get Ohio State back on top of college basketball. You know, I, I don't want to say where they where they ought to be just because it hasn't been a top five program, you know, throughout its existence, but it certainly can be a top 15 program if they're given the right kind of uh, energy and resources. So let's just see what happens. Steve, let's talk about those resources. Kenny and I both believe that a school like Ohio State, money should be no object. But is it an object at Ohio State? Would they be willing to spend five, six million, whatever it could be, on a really up and coming or an established head basketball coach? Well, I think I think that they would, having made this move, and certainly given what we found out about their budget, almost three hundred million dollars and even more money coming in with the Fox, CBS, NBC, TV deal, as well as uh, even more money coming in with this 12-team playoff. I, I kind of ran the numbers. If it's $1.3 billion mm-hmm. with a B uh, per year, uh, you know, there's 135 uh, schools. That, that amounts to about $10 million a wow. school if it trickles down to each individual Ooh. school. And some of them in the power conferences are going to make double and triple that, I think, if they advance in this thing. So, which... Lo and behold, Ohio State should be a second or third round team in this event a lot of years. You know, you figure, you know, you should get a unit for every game you win. You should get double the payday. So, you know, figure, you know, if you go into the playoff and play three or four rounds of it, you know, $40, $50 million extra you ought to have. So uh, Ohio State's going to have all the money it can spend to do whatever it wants and uh, need to make some investment both in facilities and programs, no doubt. 
Steve, I'm curious from this angle, okay? Football-wise, Michigan wins three Big Ten championships in a row, gets to the playoffs, uh, what, two or two out of those three years or all three years, whatever it was, and then wins the national championship this year. We see the Buckeyes make drastic moves this offseason. They've had one of the best offseasons of any college football program in the country. I think maybe they were pressured into that because of what their rival has done. I'm just curious from the standpoint of the women's team being number two in the country and people talking women's basketball over men's basketball, did that apply any pressure to Gene Smith or Ross Bjork to make this move with the men's basketball team? Well, here's the thing. I mean, all interest in the program had dissipated. Uh, They were on par to draw the lowest average attendance in 26 years at this arena. Wow. And uh, it would have been the worst since the last year they were at St. John Arena when they had a terrible team and only drew about 9,000 people a game. So uh, they were on their way to that. If they hadn't made this move and didn't make the tournament this year, they probably would have only sold about 9,000 season tickets for next year. So it was was time to pull the plug and time to go in a new direction. And uh, the women's program, you know, in and of itself has been – uh, just tremendous to see this happen. They played tonight on Peacock, 7 o'clock against Nebraska, the team that just upset Iowa. And I'm headed to that game, and, and also because Gene Smith will be holding a press conference at 6 p.m. just before that game to kind of let everybody know uh, what happened and why and where things are headed. So uh, keep an eye out for coverage of that later today on all the various outlets. But, uh, yeah, women's basketball has become – uh, a big deal. You know, here at Ohio State, they had, uh, I think, over 10,000 people for a game against Indiana last week after having the only sellout in either men or women's basketball for that Iowa game with Caitlin Clark earlier. And uh, certainly the Final Four this year's in Cleveland, and uh, no better team to host that Ooh, than that's right. the number two ranked Ohio State Buckeyes potentially. But a lot of basketball to be played between now and. Mm-hmm. And when they get to, to Rocket Mortgage uh, Fieldhouse in April. Steve, as we look at this basketball program moving forward, um, what's it going to take for them to get a, a legitimate five star lottery pick player? in recruiting to come to Ohio State? Will it take a big name like Jay Wright? Will it take NIL dollars uh, and whoever the head coach is? What do you think has to happen in order for them not to get somebody's transfer, right, that's a three- or four-star, to get a legitimate top five, top ten player in the country to come to Ohio State again? Yeah, you raise a big thing, and that's the other thing I didn't mention with my three or four provisos of who I, what kind of person I would hire the last piece of that is you have to hire somebody who is locked in with the AAU uh, tangent and the shoe companies and the travel programs, the coaches and the directors of those programs. And also, believe it or not, kids nowadays, they have their own agents because they can negotiate. The kids that like, say, Montverde and IMG, they're allowed to have name, image, and likeness. Mm-hmm. So they have an agent who is marketing them uh, for name, image, and likeness and also to help them find a college that fits what they want to do. So you have to have a coach that's locked into that entire tangent of how you acquire talent. And uh, that's going to be uh, as big a thing that, as you can have with a coach as anything, because that's where it's going to be. I think eventually all these schools are going to be able to have the wherewithal with money to, to, to make quote unquote an offer or however it is. 
And, uh, you know, I don't want to say the highest money is going to, going to win, but, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting landscape going forward uh, with NIL. And if they ever bring NIL in-house to the colleges and pay these uh, athletes, uh, you know, directly, so to speak, you hear there's a lot of uh, thought about them being employees of the schools and how mm-hmm. the schools don't want that for whatever reason. And so, I don't know, it's, it's a new paradigm that we're heading into, and you've got to have somebody – uh, you know, great. You went to the final four eight years ago somewhere. Big deal. How are you managing the paradigm for 2028? You know, that's what mm-hmm. I want to know is uh, how, what's your vision of how this is going to go and how are you going to maneuver it? Yeah, I saw one of the incoming quarterbacks already has his NIL deal. Steve, my question to you has got to be this. Was the football program out in front of NIL before basketball ever considered it? Well, you know, I think they're doing the best they can with it on all fronts, and I think to retain all the guys that they did who were juniors that could have gone to the NFL, and I think they sweetened the pot for a lot of those people through the collectives and whatever uh, to, to get them to stay put at Ohio State for one more year. And then you bring in a Julian Sayan, you know, who had signed originally with Alabama. Uh, if you don't think name, image, and likeness probably had a hand in that, then, you know, probably you know, you're not paying attention. So, you know, it is what it is, and, and I can't explain it because it's not something that people talk openly about, but it's certainly a factor, I think, in all these kids' decisions right now. So I think that, uh, you know, it's the, the landscape that we're in, and the colleges only have themselves to blame for this. When California passed that law like five years ago, uh, the NCAA and the schools needed to circle their wagons and get something on the books that made sense for all, you know, but they got dragged. They got dragged to the altar, you know, on this thing, and now it's being crammed down their throat, and they don't like it. So, you know, oh, well, this is our new uh, new paradigm, I guess. Yeah, Steve, two names uh, real quick before, and we know you got to run here. Greg McDermott is somebody I have on my short list here, uh, and JT likes uh, John Gross from Akron, who was an assistant under Thad Mata at, at Ohio State. Your thoughts just on those two names, at least maybe getting a phone call or an interview? I like John Gross a lot. I think John Gross is a great guy. I worked with John Gross when he was here, helping lead uh, Thad to the Final Four with uh, Greg Conley, Mike Oden back in 07. And I think he'd be a, a wonderful pick in a vacuum, I suppose. He had a five-year run at Illinois, and it didn't go particularly well. So he's back in the Mid-American Conference level. Is that the highest level that he should be coaching at? I can't say that. And uh, I hope he gets that opportunity. I don't know if it's going to be at Ohio State or not. He was on my list. And uh, we'll see, you know, if he gets a phone call or what. But he's done a great job, obviously, in Akron. So I guess that's kind of the long and short of it. That You know, great at the mid-American level, had a shot at the Big Ten. And and I don't want to say he squandered it, but, you know, he's not there anymore. Then uh, McDermott, you know, Creighton, you hear a lot of good. and, 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 you know, I think he's. There's some there's some things there that that sometimes not as good, but uh, in terms of temper and temperament and you know bedside manner and you know all the things that kind of surround the program, but uh, it's like a religion in Omaha, Creighton basketball. So uh, it would be uh, definitely a change for him to come from Creighton uh, to come to Ohio State. I think it'd be two different worlds. And uh, is he ready to coach in the Big Ten? Certainly, he probably could. Uh, you know, he's got. Uh, great players at Creighton he's recruited great and have to see the Big Ten if he could do the same Steve we know you got to run thanks so much for joining us on short notice today great stuff and keep up the fantastic work at bucknuts.com we'll look for your stuff uh, with Gene Smith a little later tonight all right guys take care